Whether you have a diagnosis or not, I don't care. I'll teach you how to find what's causing your health concerns using the labs you already have. Your doctor might tell you your blood work is normal, but I'm here to teach you a better way. If you're a doctor or a health coach and anything in between, there's one for you too. Go grab your free blood work and supplement sheet guide so you can learn how to read your labs yourself. Plus, come join me for the free three-day live what your normal labs really tell you challenge every fourth week of the month with the last one in May. Download your cheat guides and register here at drkylieburton.com. This podcast is sponsored by Systemic Formulas and Nutribiome. Systemic Formulas, the supplement company I trust with my patients and family. In fact, when I discovered Systemic Formulas, not only did my patients get faster results, but it made my life easier too. Instead of ordering from a handful of companies, I use 95% SF products. They're top of the line quality with the best lab west of the Mississippi. They're pure, potent, and they get results. In fact, I recommend you follow their Instagram at Systemic Formulas Institute. Jump inside their Facebook group and put my name into the search bar. You'll discover multiple videos of me teaching you labs, products, and even business tools. Everybody can join the Instagram, but practitioners, the Facebook group is just for you. Also, the man who's behind the Systemic Formulas products, Dr. Shane Morris, is launching a new line of supplements designed to take your microbiome to the next level. And it's not just probiotics. He has specific prebiotics designed to feed the probiotics. Oh, and anybody can order them too. Learn more and order soon at mybiome.com. M-Y-B-Y-O-M-E.com. And last but not least, are you a practitioner looking to improve your online presence, but it's overwhelming thinking about building a website, connecting it to a funnel, and then having it all actually make money? Let Tara help you take your dream and make it a reality. She's been the driving force behind my entire website and mastermind, my entire online business. Tara can help you build yours too. She's got brand new packages designed to help you grow your business and future-proof it. With over 20 years of experience in the online business consulting and website mastery world, she's your girl. Go check her out at TaraConsultingInc.com. That's T-E-R-R-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G-I-N-C.com. All right, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie. This episode, we're going to create some controversy. This whole world of vaccines and viruses. <sighs> Take a big deep breath because I want to kick this off with four facts about vaccines and what the 1986 Act did for vaccine companies. Four factors. Again, these four factors come from passing the Vaccine Act in 1986 under the Reagan administration. It allowed the following number one, it indemnified vaccine manufacturers from any legal recourse when they damage or kill people. Number two, 
It also set up an injury compensation fund paid for by tax dollars, not the vaccine companies. You have to go to a special court commonly referred to as a vaccine court to have your case heard. Number three, there are some high hurdles to overcome when your case. On average, it takes two and a half to four years to have your vaccine case educated. Number four, despite number three, to date on December 29th of 2020, there have been over $4 billion awarded in side effects from vaccines. The government knows vaccines come with great risks, but money is a driving factor. Here you go, before you go on and think about being anti-vaccine or pro-vaccine, I'm neither. I'm going to recommend that you do your due diligence. You research and you remember that research is being censored. What you see might have been altered. And what you don't see, you don't see it for a reason. People have asked me throughout the last 18 months, I'm recording this on December 6th of 2021, what my opinions are about COVID-19 and viruses and masks and vaccines. I'm here to tell you, I hate me this for it, but I don't care. Because like I said, I'm going to cause some controversy in this episode, but I want to get you thinking. I want you to think for yourself, not be told how to think, not by me, not by any other functional medicine practitioner, and definitely not by the media. And that includes social media. Don't fall for the lies. The number one side effect we are seeing from both me and other functional medicine practitioners like me from this vaccine is cardiovascular concerns. Unfamiliar, uncategorized, can't find it in a textbook, cardiovascular problems. And I hate to say it, but in a few years, if we think infertility rates are bad now, one out of seven couples struggle. One out of four pregnancies are terminated early via miscarriage. Wait to see what it's like in a few years. That's just the facts. That's the bottom line. That's what we're seeing behind the scenes when people are having these weird symptoms that only occurred after they received the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, I have seen numerous different people from all across the world and the country and there are different philosophies state per state. I understand if you felt like you had to get it for some reason. Unfortunately, that is what's been happening. I have also signed documents that release people from these requirements. I've had to sign a document that released a 12-year-old boy from wearing a freaking mask at school. You give them an inch, they will take a mile. If you haven't seen it, that's just because you're not willing or wanting to see it. Unfortunately, that's not the only facts. Those are not the only facts about vaccines. 
that I have done some research on. In fact, that the vaccine industry in 2020, early 2020, so probably around the time the so-called COVID-19 was released, it was a $61 billion industry. In 1995, there were a total of five shots of vaccines recommended by the CDC. Hep B, DTP, flu type B, polio, and MMR, with 90% of these doses being before they are 18 months old. In 2020, a total of 12 vaccines, a child can receive up to eight of them at a time, eight vaccines at a time. Not to mention, these are given in the most crucial growth periods. 12 vaccines total, 13 if you include the flu, and now 14 if you include COVID. But that's not all. By the time you turn 18 years old and you receive all the doses like the CDC recommends, you will have received 51 to 54 doses of vaccines. Let that sink in for a minute. 51 to 54 doses of vaccines. Again, during the most important growth years of your life. In fact, the nervous system does not fully develop until age 15. Myelination, which is what protects your cells, a myelin sheath grow around your nervous system cells to protect them. It begins around birth and is most rapid in the first two years of life. How many altering vaccines are we giving our babies up until they are two years old? Now, honestly, I couldn't tell you the CDC recommendation because I don't agree with it. My kiddos don't go into their wellness visits as planned. And honestly, in my opinion, I don't give vaccines until my kids are developed. Definitely not before they're two years old. We can sit and stare at the statistics all day long. But I want you to pay attention to every vaccine marketing plan. Every one of them. COVID-19 is by far the worst. Their marketing plan is genius. One word. Four letters. Fear. F-E-A-R. Think about every commercial you've heard for vaccines. Do they give you statistics? Do they tell you how much it's saving people? Now, don't get me wrong. Vaccines that started off early on, like polio and MMR, those were devastating diseases. And for the most part, the vaccines did their job. But we have gotten carried away with this stuff. It is a 61 billion dollar industry for a reason. Now to make a vaccine, to actually by law create a vaccine, there must be no treatment. Period. End of story. If you've been paying attention the last 18 months and any type of treatment comes up, is it allowed? I know doctors who have been fired for giving ivermectin but I'm not going to get into all of the politics. In fact, I'm not even going to mention any of the politics. I'm just going to say, do the research, come up with your answers yourself. 
And if you have to be like me and not travel to certain areas of the country, in fact, I want to go to the U.S. Open in New York so bad. I've been there one time to watch tennis for three days. Literally, I watched tennis for three days straight and it was awesome. I want to do it again. But as of right now, I will not be ever visiting New York. And if that's a sacrifice I have to make to be in charge of what goes inside my body, I will do it. If I can't get on an airplane, because they have told me that I have to have a Jewish symbol known as a vaccine card, I won't get on an airplane. Do I want to travel the world? Heck yeah, I want to travel the world. I got addicted to that when I was 18 years old and experienced Africa for the first time. And then again at 22, I went to Japan. These are sacrifices that I'm willing to make. Are you? For the health and the freedom and the choice. Again, pay attention to vaccine marketing. One word, fear. In case that wasn't enough, 30 years ago, the autism rates, uh, let me see, the, in comparison of 30 years ago versus the autism rates in 2016, there was a 14% increase. And just from 2012 to 2016, it went from 1 in 88 to 1 in 68. In the 90s, prevalence of autism was 1 in 2,500. In the 80s, autism was prevalence, had a prevalence of 4 in 10,000, which is basically 1 in 2,500. Now that I do math. <laughs> um, okay. Am I saying that vaccines cause autism? No. But what I'm saying is autism is a neurological basically when the nervous system is struggling. And you just learned that within the first two years of life, that is when myelin sheath are being built to protect the nervous system. Are vaccines inhibiting the myelin sheath? You can deduct and make reason. Right now, one in 2.5 children have an allergy. One in six children have a developmental disability, a 17% increase from 2008. One in nine kids have ADHD, significantly increased in the 90s as the FDA approved medications for it. One in 11 kids have asthma. One in 13 kids have food allergies, a rise of over 50% in the 1990s. Now, one in 36 has autism. And if you were to go back and compare the amount of vaccines back then, like when I was a kid, versus now the amount and the doses of vaccines kids are getting now, the comparison is beyond belief. <sighs> That's the vaccines. So do what it takes to stand up for your health, to stand up for your ability to make choices, to stand up for your freedom. Do what it takes to understand the facts. Don't let somebody else tell you what to believe. One day, I really hope that we all get to learn who's behind all of this and why. Do I think it's one person? No. I think it's a plethora of people that are keeping this high ring secret. Am I going to allow the media to tell me how to live my life? Heck no. Have I worn a mask? Mm, I think I wore a mask twice in the last 18 months. 
And one of them was to get on an airplane because I had to do it to get on an airplane. And two was another time I got on an airplane. And I've only been kicked out of one place. I won't name the place, but I got kicked. They told me I couldn't be in there and without a mask. So I left, I went somewhere else, gave somebody else my money. Have I ever changed the way my family reunions are? No. We were told that this was going to be 14 days. Nearly two years later, how many Greek symbols can they come up with? That's vaccines. I told you, we're going to create controversy. And whether you agree with me or not, it's up to you. I don't care. Whether you're mad at me or not for wearing a mask, I don't care. You do what's best for you, but don't judge others. And don't allow somebody else to tell you how to live, how to breathe, what to eat, who you can go visit, who you can hug. Now, people are like, well, don't you believe this? This is real. I mean, I know so-and-so who had it and they were sicker than sick and they ended up in the hospital. It's something. Do I believe it's a virus? Do I believe it's a natural virus? By all means, no. I am very knowledgeable in these worlds, this world of infections. It's my expertise. Normal labs, CBC, infections. Go grab your blood chem cheat guide and you can figure that out too. Or is your body fighting a virus? And if it's so, grab some Vivi, some antiviral, boost the immune system, do the things that your body needs to fight this stuff off. But let me tell you something. Here are five facts about viruses. One, no virus has ever been purified and isolated. Two, no virus has ever been proven to be infectious. Three, no virus has ever been proven to be a cause of disease. Four, no virus has ever passed co co coaches, postulates, coaches, postulates. Here's a dude, I believe, that came up with uh, germ theory. And five, no virus research has ever had a control within the experiment. There are so many holes in virology, it's like Swiss cheese. How will the Swiss cheese hold water? What does the term isolate mean? If there's been no way any lab has ever isolated a virus, what does it mean? Uh, Webster's definition of isolate, it means to separate from another substance so as to obtain it pure or in a free state. So has a virus ever been isolated, meaning completely pure or free from anything else? Inside a lab? Nope. Back when the measles was the pandemic, here's what they did to, quote, isolate measles virus. A cotton swab moistened in milk or children gargling sterile fat-free milk. They used the cotton swab, which was moistened in milk, swabbed the throat, and then submerged it again in milk. And then once they took that stuff, this, I don't know, what, it, what do you even want to call it? This sample from a th children from a throat, combined it with milk, both before and after they took the sample. Then inside the centrifuge, which is something that they use in blood work, when they're taking your labs, they put it in a centrifuge, it spins it around and separates things so they can figure out all the numbers within labs. Inside the centrifuge, they added penicillin and streptomycin, 
what does this all mean? Well, milk has genetics. Milk can grow. A virus is our genetics with DNA and RNA factors. So you mix two separate types of genes to get a tissue culture. Let me say that again. They took a cotton swab, dipped it in milk, then put that same cotton swab, took the culture from probably the back of the throat. Yeah, so the back of the throat. With that sample, they dipped it again in milk, added some penicillin and streptomycin to the centrifuge, which again is where they're getting their test results from. Think about this. Milk has genetics. Viruses have genetics. Combine the two, it's going to become altered. The result is then an altered tissue culture. Some may call that fraud. That was how they isolated the measles. <sighs> Inside this cultured medium of the measles was also things like bovine amniotic fluid, beef embryo extract, horse serum antibiotics, fennel red, soybean tripster inhibitor. Holy smokes. Okay. That was in 1954. A paper actually described how they, quote, isolated the measles. When capable, patients were asked to gargle with 10 to 15 milliliters of sterile neutralized fat-free milk. Certain specimens from the throats of younger children were obtained by cotton swab previously moistened in milk. After swabbing the throat, the swab was immersed in two milliliters of milk. Penicillin and streptomycin were added to all throat specimens, which were then centrifuged for about one hour. The culture medium also consisted of bovine amniotic fluid, beef embryo extract, horse serum, antibiotics, and fennel red as an indicator of cell metabolism. <sighs> Soybean trypsin inhibitor was added to this medium unless it was used for the cultivation of human and monkey kidneys. I could give you the research on this, but ultimately you can find this in the journals.sagepub.com. However, you have to be very careful about how you pull things up because this, again, has been censored. You're not going to just Google and find this stuff. <sighs> I told you, we're going to get into some ugly stuff and to create some controversy. But don't let other people tell you how to think. Think for yourself. Another lab, her research article says, this one can be found in PubMed. If you're to look up Eurosavail, 2020, January of 23rd, with the volume and the the yeah, anyways. <laughs> I'm just telling you guys, this stuff is real. This is not gonna be something that you can find though. You have to literally work your way around the fraud and the, the censorship that's going on. Inside public health laboratories, virus isolates are unavailable. They were hoping with this research to develop and deploy robust diagnosing methodology, methodology for use in public health labs without having virus material available. So what on earth are they testing? I've always said the last 18 months, you might as well flip a coin. You'll get the exact same accuracy. No one's ever said, and I don't pay attention because I don't listen to the news. I don't I don't deal with this stuff. I live my life how I want to live it. The actual testing mechanism for identifying if it's positive or negative. How can they test for something in which they've never been able to isolate? In fact, 
Dr. Wu Zunyu, head of the Chinese CDC, told NBC Nightly News one year after COVID lockdown began, quote, they didn't isolate the virus. That's the issue, unquote. Some call the FDA the Fraud and Drug Administration. <sighs> so what type of type testing is really going on? Again, in another research article says, since no quantified virus isolates of the 2019 NCOV were available for the CDC to use at the time the test was developed, they had to use something like DNA and RNA strands. I could get into the whole details of the testing and what it all took, what it all happened. But Abbott, A-B-B-O-T-T, is a business that runs diagnostic testing for health companies. They sell an array of established drugs, medical devices, and testing for these devices, including things with diabetes. That's what this company does. In Forbes, let's see here. On the date of January 27th, 2021, Forbes quoted Abbott, A-B-B-O-T-T, the company, to have made $2.4 billion in 2020's fourth quarter alone. $2.4 billion specifically from COVID-19 diagnostic testing cells. They made $10.7 billion that fourth quarter, and more than $2.4 of it was specifically from COVID-19 testing. There you have it. Do your own research. Cite your sources. And remember, scientists are no different than us humans. They are humans themselves. Money is a big driving factor for a lot of people. What you see could easily have been altered. And there's a reason why you don't see a lot of things. Now you're thinking, Dr. Kylie, I know somebody who had the virus. They were sick in the hospital. And now you're trying to tell me that a virus doesn't exist? Or is it computer modulated, man-made, some DNA, RNA structure that we're calling a virus because Viruses, according to the CDC, have no treatment. Think about this. How do you explain women moving into the same home and their menstrual cycles sinking? Meaning, when I was in, moving into an apartment with six girls, five other girls in undergrad, what explains all of our menstrual cycles sinking up? Can science explain that? Or are we just going to have to accept that we don't have explanations for things? People are getting sick. Sick from what? According to this, there's never been any virus isolated, ever. Not measles, not yellow fever, not COVID-19. I think that's enough for today. I hope you are questioning now what you've been seeing. And I hope you are standing strong and staying firm in your decisions, no matter what they are. Feel empowered? Loved this episode? Help others find it by leaving a review. It's the best compliment I can receive. 
Then take your learning one step farther and discover what your normal labs really tell you by downloading the free cheat guide and register for the next three-day live challenge. Do it all at drkylieburton.com. Remember, there's a cheat guide and a three-day live challenge for those of you with medical background too. Take your practice beyond the diagnosis with your free downloads and challenge at drkylieburton.com. This podcast is sponsored by Systemic Formulas, Nutribiome, and Terra Consulting, Inc. Systemic Formulas is the supplement company I trust with my patients and family. Everybody can join them on Instagram at Systemic Formulas Institute. Practitioners jump inside their Facebook group. It's called Systemic Formulas Clinical Nutrition. Once inside the group, search my name and you'll discover videos on labs, supplements, and business tools. It's all free. See you on the inside. Are you a practitioner ready to up-level your online presence? Tara is your girl. She is a brilliant mind behind my entire platform, my practice, and the BTD Mastermind. From writing the copy to building the technical back end of my website to marketing strategy, I highly recommend you let her take your dream and make it a reality, just as she did for me. Get started here at Tara Consulting Inc. Dot com. That's T-E-R-R-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G-I-N-C dot com. Be back next week. <laughs>